This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Just postponing a deadline or deferring a payment wasn't enough. We heard a lot about teams that what they weren't doing, but we didn't hear a lot about what we are going to do for our fans. So we worked hard over the last few weeks and months to put together a plan that we think really gives our fans options. It really allows them to time uncertainty to uh, maybe have to not think about something as much as they would, and we're excited to roll out this new plan. That is Chad Johnson from the Jacksonville Jaguars. As the Jaguars and the NFL uh, kind of make a co-announcement today, in essence, because the NFL first says all international series games are off. That's not just the Jags. There are also going to be two other London games in uh, at uh, Tottenham, uh, not at Wembley, but at Tottenham. All four of those are off. And the Mexico City game, where Arizona was going to be the home team, that is off as well. So uh, that's the NFL's announcement. And it comes as no surprise. Again, I think most of us thought that was going to be the case. But it does become official today, the week that the schedule will be released. And the domino effect there is it means the Jaguars will have 10 home games, two preseason games, eight regular season games. And again, it's worth repeating. It's the first time since 2012 that has happened. And uh, you can get your football fix here in Jacksonville now. Uh, that one game a season in London has been happening since 2013. This was going to be the first time two home games were going to London. And at the moment, it was a one-year thing. So we'll see where that ends up going. But the other side of it is the Jacksonville Jaguars then released new ticketing information. You know, at first, their ticketing deadline was the end of March. Then they moved it because of the pandemic to the end of April, right around draft time. Well, they even softened that deadline, and now they've made it into June. And even deferral of payments, I think, until late June, June 20th it is. So really given the situation a lot of time to kind of breathe and see where we're at and buy more time for people to make an investment if they're willing to make an investment, given their jobs, given their economic status, all those things. And also it buys a little bit more time for us to find out where we are as a world, a country, and a sports society, if you will, um, to see if we're going to play games in the fall. It's interesting that a lot of people said to me uh, that, are you kidding? There's definitely going to be an NFL season. Well, I don't think we can take anything for granted right now. I mean, we don't know. We don't know when this thing could resurface, what changes. I think it's way too hard. Do I think there's going to be an NFL season? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. Uh, but... I just don't think we can unequivocally say, yes, there's going to be an NFL season. The bigger part of that is, will there be fans in the stands? And that is the curiosity of most people. How different will this football season be? Uh, we'll have more with uh, my interview with Chad Johnson because uh, he's really good on a bunch of different topics. There's a lot of unanswered questions. But the biggest thing is for season ticket holders, for Jags fans, there are 10 games now here at home, uh, which I think is a cool thing and I think helps a young team. And I want to get into that a little bit more because I want to turn it to Minshew mm -hmm. and, and something we haven't stopped and really thought about when it comes to Minshew very often or often enough that I think is interesting. And that that is how about his track, man? I mean, the fast track that he is on. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you really start looking back to when he came out of high school and where his college trail took him from unrecruited by the big three schools uh, in Mississippi uh, to all the way to Washington State and now to a six-round pick in the NFL. And now, bam, he is the man, like the unquestioned man, and holding off guys that have played for nine years like Andy Dalton or superstar names like Cam Newton. Yeah, you know, and listen, am I disappointed that the Jaguars lost at the Andy Dalton sweepstakes? Absolutely. But I think that it's almost a fair trade-off 
in considering that Gardner Minshew is going to have eight games at home. Okay, now whether there's going to be fans in the, in the crowd or not, we don't know that yet. But all I know is that where Gardner Minshew puts his head during the season, okay, and he sleeps in the city, he's playing eight of those games in Jacksonville. One could argue last season, Gardner Minshew's worst game when he probably had the most on the line, um, if you come with me here, is the is, is the game in London against Houston. Okay, that was his chance True. to try to solidify his starting uh, he didn't like quarterback London. role. <laughs> and, yeah, he, he didn't play that well. Now, one could argue that was more possibly of John DeFilippo's um, game planning where Leonard Fournette didn't even really see the ball in the first half. Um, they kind of put it in Minshew's hands when they really shouldn't have, I th- felt like. Whatever you want to say about it, though, Minshew's worst game was probably in London. Okay? So now take that out of it. And once again, when we're sitting here after the 2020 season and we're talking about, well, is Minshew the guy or not, we're not going to be wondering, like, well, those two games in London didn't do him any favors. No. Like, th- that excuse is gone now. And I'm, I'm all for uh, removing the excuses of to see if he's the guy or not. You got Tyler Reifert. You got him a weapon at tight end. Now, I get it. There's injury history there. But at least right now on paper, it looks better than it did last year. Okay? You got Chris Thompson coming in, a third down back. That looks great on paper. We'll see if he can contribute on the field. But my point is is that we're starting to whittle away these excuses now, right? Because the Jaguars like the offensive line, so that's not going to be an excuse because the coaching staff you know, swears by them. You have a third down back, you have a tight end, and you have a pretty solid wide receiving group. And you know Leonard Fournette, even though they try to trade him, is coming back. And you know what? I think that's a good thing in the long run for Minshew. So as far as I'm concerned now, the ball is in Minshew's court, okay? There are, there are no excuses. When we come back here after the 2020 season and we sit down, Brent, and we analyze what exactly happened during the year, we're not going to say, well, this would have been, you know, I, mean, I get it. Injuries happen, right? So we'll see what happens with that standpoint. But I'm just saying the way we sit right here right now, um, there's no excuses for Minshew not to be successful. Yeah, well, and, and you know what? Here's the thing. The reality of it is they're probably not going to allow for any. You know, whatever he's got, and we can argue whether he's got enough around him. We can argue if he's perfectly set up like some other quarterbacks, and I think that is debatable. Is he put in the best situation to be successful with a team full of young players and not the most talented roster in the NFL? Certainly people would agree. Well, it doesn't matter. He has to work with what he's got, and this is his chance. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. I want to get back to Minshew in a moment because it will lead us into a different QB conversation. But I do. I don't think we do this enough. Now that the draft and free agency is done, and there are still big-name quarterbacks out there that don't look like they're coming to Jacksonville. We could still be surprised, but they don't look like they're coming to Jacksonville. Stop and think about the track that Gardner Minshew has been on, and in the short time in the NFL, but it goes deeper than that. It's really an incredible story. And and I still always say, well, why not think that it can work? I mean, why not put a little faith in this guy, believe in the guy? Mm-hmm. And, man, what a story we might have in Jacksonville for years and years to come if that is the case. It's a giant if. I understand. I'm not dumb. I, I, I get it. I'm maybe a little naive at times but uh, and certainly hopeful. But it's an incredible story in the making, potentially, right here in Jacksonville with Gardner Minshew. Before we do that, we start something new today that we'll do right around the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, here in Jacksonville. We actually started something similar on TV, but it's it's not necessarily associated with the radio side, uh, where we want to give shout-outs to seniors. And by the way, find a way to get your senior mentioned. You know, I've been mm-hmm. seeing, we've taken a lot of walks around the neighborhood, and you're seeing signs, uh, the neighbor's yards to celebrate the seniors. I saw one yesterday. Uh, it was a full door of, of the picture of the senior and a shout-out to the senior. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and 
to be honest with you, for me, this isn't just sports related. If you want to give a shout out to the senior, they're in the band, chorus, whatever, yeah. uh, chess club, it doesn't matter. Uh, and obviously, we're a sports show, so if it's sports related, we'd love to hear that too. And, and I'm sure that's hey, where we'll get a lot of our interest. Don't get it twisted. If it's also band related, I'd love to hear that as well. Especially so if you play go. the sax. Baritone saxophone, baby, uh, let's go. Uh, or now, most recently, the guitar. Yeah, a little uh, bit. But uh, here's, a, here's the thing. We want you to participate, but you got to help us out. We want to give these folks a shout-out. They deserve it. They've earned it. And um, I know this has been such a unique year for so many seniors on the college level and also the high school level. All you have to do is really simple. Go to ESPN690.com. ESPN690.com. You can highlight uh, your senior and share some of the information. Now, we'll also say you can do it on the TV side. That's sports at actionnewsjacks.com. And uh, you need to send a picture for that so we can put them on TV, but similar type of information. So a couple of ways to do it. Uh, for the radio side, though, you got to go to ESPN690.com. And we want to give a shout out to Jade Thompson from the Foundation Academy. Uh, mom is Rachel Thompson, and she had a message to share. I'm so very proud of you and all you've accomplished thus far and cannot wait to see what life has in store for you. Love you. That's from mom to uh, Jade Thompson. So Rachel Thompson to Jade Thompson from the Foundation Academy. Congratulations on uh, completion of the high school career and uh, good luck in, in the next phase. It's as simple as that. I like that, man. A little love. Yeah. From mom to Jade. That was well put. And you know what? If it's bad, then I'll shock it. <laughs> Yes. I'll shock it. I'll shock the crap out of it. We're waiting for the uh, we're waiting for the message from mom. You forgot to do your laundry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's probably been said too. Oh, if it's anything doubt. like my house. Come on. Oh yeah. It's, it's still said in my house for my wife, so uh, it's all good. Yeah, I might have a couple kids mad at dad right now, so we'll see. Um, but uh, but anyway, ESPN690.com. Uh, give a little highlight uh, to the seniors. A little shout out to the seniors for. The next few weeks, uh, we we love to do that. Uh, do you remember a lot from your senior year? Of course, Coons. Be honest. Is he here or not? He, he might be. Oh, he's a. He comes out of nowhere. If your graduation ceremony was canceled your senior year of high school, would you have been bummed about it, or would it kind of been like, eh, yeah, it's all good? I I part of me now thinking back, yeah. like I'd be bummed now, but when it was happening, I was trying to not go. Yeah, for sure, right? This yeah. is, listen, it, this, the graduations, 9 out of 10, are for the parents. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. It's a celebration. Kids for sure. don't really care that much. I, I didn't walk in my college graduation because we're still playing baseball and we're yeah. somewhere in Illinois and we actually won and went to the College World Series that year. And so I could care less about walking. <laughs> My grad, but I understand. Did they have like way. a special one for the athletes, though, or not? No, they didn't. For oh, I mean, we just ooh. missed it. Ashland, yeah, we just missed oh, it. Ashland so, set the game up. Uh, but like, I didn't. It didn't bother me at all. But I understand why some are really special, you mm-hmm. know, and and I get it. So yeah. I, I'm sensitive to that, especially on the college scene, because by the way, you just paid a good amount of money. Yeah. And there, a lot of folks, uh, depending on what situation you're in, might be the first person to graduate in their family, those kind of things. Not usually the case in high school that way, but in college, certainly the case, and especially the investment made in college, so you understand it. Well, the high sure, school graduations are a little... Well, I'm sure there's, there's, like, there's a lot of valedictorians that are pretty bummed right now, I'm well, sure. Well, that's true. Right? Because yeah. And yeah. The, the kids that have like, perfect attendance, do they still do that? Where it's like, if you <laughs> yeah. have perfect attendance, they still... My brother, that? do they perfect say that? attendance. Yeah, oh yeah, we had that in our school. Your brother had perfect attendance? Yeah, like he was actually didn't feel well. And my mom was like, you can stay home. And he's like, no, I have perfect attendance. I got to go. And I was like, dude, 
I'm gonna kill for a day yeah, off. His, I remember that his being immune a thing. system must be off the charts then. Uh, that was like, a thing you, in like elementary school. Oh I no, think. man! This was like this is celebrating high schools too. Well, I I guess I wouldn't even have kind of understood that part, right? I right. mean, I had hey. more tardy detentions. <laughs> just, just call in for a day, right? And, and I was I, I don't know Listen, how many I times take, I was sick, but I could take PTO here. I should be allowed to take a few days from school yeah, too. Man, Come on, treat yourself <laughs> a little bit, especially like, on those big test days. Oh yeah, man. Well, what did, like, what did you guys do for senior trips? Did you do something like that? Because that is blown up in my opinion. Like well, what we did in Rhode Island, I'm, I'm pretty sure was like a whale watch. What? Yeah. Are you talking like, like we went to Disney? Oh, what do you mean a senior trip? We didn't have a senior trip. Yeah, like you do like a senior event or oh, senior yeah. night. We went to Disney. Yeah, so no. you probably went to Disney. Yeah, We flew down to Disney. You, you flew to the whole senior class, flew to Disney. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but about. you had to pay, but yeah. During school or like during the summer? It was like a week. Like it was like a, during like whatever would have been a spring break. Yeah, man, that's no. a thing down here. Like no. people go to no. New York City for them. They yeah. They go all over the place for them. Yeah. No, man. <laughs> We we had so the way our school worked is we got out like two weeks earlier because like that was like you know the seniors are done and then we had senior week and senior oh, week we, had that we too. just we just oh must be nice we just all we did was just every single night after or you know during the evening time we'd go to I'm not gonna say the exact road because they probably still do it but we go to a road <laughs> and we would burn um, these giant tires like truck tires once again I'm not gonna say the road because that's not good for the environment either but we would burn truck tires we'd circle up trucks and we'd have a giant party and that went on for the whole week yeah we went to the beach yeah yeah but it was like senior week and we just I mean it was senior all senior trips huh yeah we went to Disney wow the only trip the- I got to go on in school was we went to Myrtle Beach for a band like a marching competition. And I, I called out literally the, the the judge called me out because my foot like my footwork wasn't in, in line with everybody. <laughs> well, they do a bunch of it. Like even the kids, you know, went through the middle school, and you can go to Washington D.C. as an eighth grade trip. Yeah, that's more of like an educational trip, and and that's not like they all go, but you can go. And then I think at the end they go to Universal for a night. There's like a night at Universal Studios. Now that's even that's not bad. It's right two yeah. hours down the road, so that makes some sense. But. Yeah, it wasn't a thing to go on these big, no. extravagant senior trips, but they are now. Like, I think that's a real thing. Uh, seriously, we went. I, ours was a whale watch, I believe. And <laughs> what, are, what are we gonna do in Wisconsin, though? Which means a whale watch, by the way, in like May yeah. or April might have been freezing. What exactly? Like, what are we gonna do in Wisconsin? We're going to a brewer game in the summer. Like, uh, what, 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 I guess. But no, no we, but we if you're them. in Wisconsin, what most people around, I think what they would do now, and I wonder if they do it. You yeah. should like check. But I wonder if they do it. Is it go to like Chicago, like for their senior no. trip? Yeah, no. The, I'll, I'll tell you now, they don't do that. You don't think they no, do? It? No, I, I bet they I'm, do I'm more than you. They, they don't do, do that. <laughs> I, I'm not telling you. I don't think. I'm telling you right now. I mean, it's a small town. I hear things. They don't do that. Uh, I don't. I don't get it either. But uh, from a kid's standpoint, by the way, as we do celebrate seniors. Yeah. Um, I think it's that stuff, and then obviously prom. I, I really do think prom, graduation a big one, man. is yeah. it, it stinks that you don't get to go. So I'm not minimizing it, but it is more for the parents, the graduation. Yeah. Uh, as long as you have a graduation party, I think you're okay. Well, I mean, I was <laughs> trust me, man, and I was probably listening. I was I, I was hungover for my graduation, so it is what it is. <laughs> so the, the, there you go, man. I, I was ready to get out of there. It was it was way too long. We had 50. Like I said, I think we talked about the story before. I had 56 kids in my graduating class. 51 of those kids walked because the other couple got arrested and it is what it is. So, yeah, it was it was a long process. The speaker didn't know him, didn't really listen to him, just wanted to get my diploma, get, How many in, get out. 
Uh, 51, 56 was supposed to walk, but, you know, there are some arrests, there are some accusations, there are some charges. Yeah, my graduating class was uh, like 1,500. How long was that? Well, they do it four people at a time. So, like, they had it, like, four, and then you had two people speaking, and, like, you would walk up, take it, go back. So they were doing four kids at a time. There's no way. Like, I don't know. It's, uh, by the way, stuff. after Austin talks about what he did during his senior year, whatever, graduation, everything, this segment might get canceled. <laughs> oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> well, and now we're not doing that anymore. That was in college, people. That was yeah, in college. Yeah, 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 that was in college. Well, I graduated, what, three years ago? Not from Murray State, so was that. <laughs> yes. Now that I'm 21 years old, and then some. Hey, by the way, I think I feel like I'm jumping all over the place like it's uh, the last dance or something in terms of our timeline today. Uh, but... Back to Minshew. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a track this could be for him, seriously. He is now the – it's not like, hey, he's the favorite to win the job. It's not like, hey, he's got a decent chance to unseat the incumbent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. He's the man. Mm-hmm. And it's reality. And, and just a reminder here, at the end of last year, or really – up and th- through that Houston game, so halfway through the season, he lost his job to Foles, got it back from Foles. At the end of the year, it looked like they were going to duke it out. It was going to be a competition, even though we all really thought the decision-making heavily weighed in, in Minshew's favor. Mm-hmm. Since then, Minch, uh, Foles has been traded to Chicago. They will go through the free agency period where there are quarterbacks available, like Jameis Winston goes to New Orleans, like Andy Dalton goes to Dallas, uh, like... Cam Newton, who still doesn't have a home, but if the Jags were that interested, wouldn't they have already reached out and tried to figure something out? The one caveat to that being the injuries, and you got to wait until things shake out a, a little bit longer. Yeah, but th- there's always ways around that. There is. Like, but, come on. Uh, they've, a lot of people got signed. Yeah, exactly. In the free agency period. A lot of people found a way. Yeah. And then the draft happens. And not that the Jags had a bunch of opportunity to go get quarterbacks. It's not like Tua slipped. Mm-hmm. The only thing that would have really put an exclamation point on this is if Tua or Herbert slipped to nine and the Jaguars still passed them by, which, by the way, I think they might have. Mm-hmm. I, I think they would have. Let's just say that. Not might have, but I think they would have. You don't know that, uh, and, and they probably wouldn't ever even admit that now, but I think they would have. I agree. So all of that, and here he is, he's the guy. And and really, there's not a lot of competition for him. Like, based on what he did last year, mm-hmm. he goes into this season 12 months after being drafted by the Jazzville Jaguars in the sixth round as being the starting quarterback of this football team. I'll tell you something, and this is not a comparison to Tom Brady, but Tom Brady didn't even do that. Yeah. Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round, but he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. He went into that next year as the backup to Drew Bledsoe. Because mm-hmm. remember, when Brady came in, that wasn't his rookie year. That was his second year. And obviously, he had some success in Michigan, too. I mean, he was, he was a staple there in Michigan for yeah. a while. So, like, but he's still a six-round pick. Well, no, 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 but my point is, like, Minch could be even more impressive from the standpoint of he came from a variety of colleges. Yeah, true. A slew of colleges. And that's what's amazing to me. See, that's where you got to stop and think and pause for a second and say, wow, man. I mean, this is kind of cool what's happening to him. You know, if you're a fan of Minch, if you know Minshew, uh, you're like, what a story. I mean, you think about, like, guys that could give commencement speeches mm-hmm. on, on how to persevere. Yeah. You know, sign me up. Yeah, but this is also the guy that tried to break his hand after drinking a bottle of Jack Daniels. Well, didn't have, he can leave that part out of the commencement. Well, I'm just saying this. I mean, hey, we got to cover all the can both ways. 
Candidate both ways. Listen, the good and the bad. Not everybody that's delivered a the commencement speech has always done everything okay. the right way. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> no, listen, the, the, the whole story of Minshew, yes, it, it is um, – it's a rare one. Um, if it works out, you know, it's it's prime for a Disney movie release, to say the least. Like it's, um, it, it's got all the makings of something special. And guess what? It's in Jacksonville, so that's even better, man. Like finally, Jacksonville has something to talk about. I guess here's the only only caveat, and I don't want this to come across the wrong way or a negative way, but let's be honest, Gardner Minshew has been thriving in chaos now for what? Almost the past eight, or I guess... Six years. Six years, we'll say. Yeah. All right? And when I say thriving in chaos, I mean he's been in situations where he's had to go in and essentially be the man right away. You know? And it's like, that, that, that that's a special trait that everyone can do, especially with the game of football, man. It's it's rough to go to a new locker room. It, it's rough to, you know, try to build chemistry, try to build a rapport with your receivers when you're brand new. Like, imagine going to the first day of school and, like, you don't know anybody and then times that, like, by 20 because now you got to talk with the coaches, you got to learn a system, you have to do all these things, and he's done it multiple times. I love that, man. And he's shown his prowess in Jacksonville as well because he came into Jacksonville. No one was expecting his number to be called. We saw him in the preseason. His helmet popped off with 20 yards. We didn't think he was going to make it to the regular season. But he did somehow. The only caveat, though, is this. How is he going to do when he is the man? How is he going to do when he's actually cemented as the starter and there's no chaos really around him? There's no pressure around him. Now he's almost ingrained with the standpoint of, you know what? This is my team now. I don't have to prove anything. I don't have to make any new friends. I don't have to make any new teammates. Like, this is my thing now. It's never really ever been Gardner, Gardner Minshew's thing for a while. So this year is going to be telling from the standpoint of, how does he handle the calm? How, how does he handle just... All right, you're you're the guy now. You don't have to prove anything. Just go out there and be Gardner Minshew. How does he handle that? That's a really good point. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, it sounds kind of like yeah, well, whatever, but not yeah. not true. Some yeah. people operate under that stress uh, way better. You know, and and with a little bit of fire underneath them and the doubters. You know, now all of a sudden you've got somebody saying, "Hey, we believe in you." Now there's plenty of doubters. Look at the national scene. I mean, uh, every time every time Gardner for the last couple of months has turned on the TV, they've been like, "Well, yeah, they got Gardner Minshew, but, yeah. but yeah, yeah, but, yeah. and so you know that's driving them, right? I mean, sure. he's in that weight room or a garage or whatever, and he's he's putting an extra 25 on each side because of that alone. <laughs> Absolutely. And no doubt. I mean, that's the way he operates, which of is course. cool. I think that's the cool part about him. I mean, but that's that's, that's what, not how it is in the locker room, though, and we know that. No, and, and there'll be a lot of belief. We've talked to a bunch of guys who have called the alpha dog and, and, and respect them for that, and now he's going to have to go prove it. And by the way, to, to kind of mitigate a little bit of what you said, he might not have the direct battle like with Foles or if Dalton were to come in here. But you do have to understand this if you're Minshew, and this will add some, whether it's pressure or some of that heat that he likes, that he embraces, is this is it. Mm-hmm. Again, this is a this is a once-in-a-career chance, perhaps. Like, this is not the rope of, let's see how you do for a couple of years. This 16-game season for Gardner Minshew sets his career in motion. Now, who knows what happens down five or six years down the road. He's backing somebody up, gets another opportunity, thrives. I mean, we see that that could happen. But let's just be, for now, that's unpredictable. Mm-hmm. What is predictable is this 16-game slate, this fall in 2020 with the Jacksonville Jaguars, where he will be the starting quarterback. This is his opportunity. This is the lottery ticket. 
This is, hey, you can be a franchise quarterback. You can get an extra contract and make millions. Your profile, which already, by the way, is pretty darn big, can even be bigger. I mean, all this stuff is on the line. And the one thing you have to like about that is a little bit of where Minshew came from in that regard. No different than when he went to Washington State. And when he got in that lab, now he wasn't given the keys, but that was certainly a unique circumstance. Uh, but when he jumped in, that was his chance. Like if he doesn't perform, if he doesn't go 11 and two and, and throw for 5,000 yards almost and 38 touchdowns, he doesn't get the call by the Jags in the sixth round. Mm -hmm. So he's already dealt with this one other time and he handled it pretty darn well. He had the best year ever as a quarterback, you could argue, uh, at Washington State. So I kind of like the fact that the last time he was, he was pressured into, Hey, it's either do it or you're done. He did a heck of a job. When talking about the future of Gardner Minshew, stats are important, number one, and wins and losses are obviously important for him going forward to see if he is indeed the man. My question to you is, what's more important for Gardner Minshew this season? And I get both are important, but what's more important, getting the wins or producing the stats? Mm, good call. Good call. Uh... It's a really good call. You stumped me. Took me a year and a half, but I stumped Brent Martin, everybody. Well, the reason I say so, I'm trying to think the last time stats lied. Like, you would say, hey, James, James Winston. Winston. <laughs> no, but they don't, though, oh, because they have 30 picks. Yeah, yeah, I got you. So I was thinking that way, too, but yeah. they don't. Yeah. Right? Winners have been proven to go right back to backup roles. You can win football games, and it doesn't automatically give you opportunity. Okay. Now, a lot of times it will, because yeah. usually if you're winning games, you're probably putting up decent stats, right? Ryan Fitzpatrick. In terms of winning games? Winning games. I mean, yeah. they, they, they kind of roll with him for a while because he, he, yeah. he had the magic. Yeah, I'm trying to think of more. Like, Teddy Bridgewater is, a, is an interesting one, right? Mm -hmm. He put up unbelievable stats, not really, won games. Correct. And it parlayed that into a heck of a new deal. Yeah. I'll think about that a little yeah. bit more. And when we come Go back, little, let a little this bit. branches into a bigger quarterback discussion around the league. We've got a, a little game for you coming up. Plus, $50 gift card to Metro Diner. We'll give it away right after this on ESPN 690. Garner did play well when he was in when he played in this short period of time. But with that being said, I don't think anybody believes and, and this is fuel for Garner Minshew. I don't think anybody believes he's gonna be the long term answer or the long term starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Which may be the case, which he may be, but I'm sure if they can get Cam and feel comfortable or if they can, you know, line this thing up right to get Trevor Lawrence that's probably the picture they're looking at um, down the road. That's Marcus Spears from ESPN and talking about Gardner Minshew. And I think he nailed it on, on one scope of this topic. If you asked people, they would say, no, I don't believe he's a long-term answer. That would be the winner. Uh, that, that would be the case. And so there's no denying that. I, I mean, you can believe in it. I can believe in it. Whatever – I'm saying the masses, if we put it out there, nobody's saying, hey, yeah, uh, I look up in four years and I see Gardner Minshew as the franchise quarterback in Jacksonville. Uh, I shouldn't say nobody. Few people are. I mean, the, the, the poll question would favor, nah, not going to happen. 
again, it's great perspective from the ESPN guys, from the national guys, and the way they think about Jacksonville. One, they don't believe in Gardner Minshew. Two, they really continue to associate any quarterback that's ever played football here in Jacksonville, <laughs> and especially the bigger name guys like a Cam Newton. And yeah. that was once again the parallel. I will say Marcus threw in the whole Trevor Lawrence idea, which again you just can't sign up for that. So to me, the whole if you want to call it tank for Trevor or just the Trevor Lawrence concept doesn't make sense to me because this is a team and a franchise that has been really quite bad for a lot of its existence and still has never had the number one overall pick. And that's what it's going to take. So you, you, it's kind of on deaf ears for me when you're talking about Trevor Lawrence. Now, if you want to talk top 10 ammunition to be able to move up, which, which by the way, if Trevor Lawrence is everything everybody thinks he's going to be, it'll be much like Burrow and the Bengals where they won't give anything up anyway because they've got their guy. So you can offer him the farm mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter. But what I think is more suitable, more reasonable is to say, hey, they might be in the top five, might be in the top eight, and then get a quarterback they like. But I can't sit here and tell you that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy. Heck, last year at this time, Tua would have been the guy. Ends up being Joe Burrow uh, for a couple different reasons. So it's uh, it, it's just another example of the perspective on the outside to fuel Gardner Minshew's fire. Uh, one, there's, there's the narrative is he's not the long-term solution. Heck, a lot of people don't even believe he's the solution and should be the guy this year if you talk to the narrative uh, uh, across the country. And then the other part of that narrative is this tank for – Trevor Lawrence uh, idea that the Jaguars are the worst football team in the NFL, worst roster in the NFL by far. Mm -hmm. And that is a belief. I mean, that is a narrative and a belief, I think, across the nation um, when people are talking about the NFL this year. I don't buy a lot of that. I really don't. I, I We've talked about a bunch in the last couple of weeks. Tell me why this roster is that bad. Tell me why the Jaguars are that much a, a, a favorite to be the number one pick next, next year compared to even the, the Bengals, the Redskins, the Lions of the world, you know? So we've had all these discussions, but it's just, again, perspective from the national side. Sometimes they're right, and a lot of times they're wrong, too. You're right. I mean, listen, I don't... I'm not going to hate on the national media for saying the Jaguars are going to be horrible next year because all the national media has to go off of is what they saw last year, the product, which obviously wasn't good. All they have to go off of is who they lost, Clayus Campbell, A.J. Boye, okay? And with that being said, the division they play in right now, where Indianapolis has clearly upgraded, um, the Titans, all things considered, should be pretty tough coming back. And we'll see what the Texans, you know how I feel about the Texans right now. You, you like the wide receiving room more than I do. I mean, but they still have Deshaun Watson, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, so one would think that the drop-off, even after losing Hopkins, isn't going to be that much. My point is, though, will the Jaguars win more than two games next year, or this year? Probably. Will they win maybe six, seven games? Eh, it could be likely. But at the end of the day, if Minshew does not work out, then yes, you maybe get Trevor Lawrence, you maybe get a Justin Fields, or maybe you get the guy from North Dakota State, Trey Lance. You know, like this guy threw 28 touchdowns last year, zero interceptions. Already starting to say he's better than Carson Wentz was. I would take Carson Wentz in Jacksonville right now. I think a lot of people would. So there's going to be options next year. My point is, at the quarterback position, if Minshew doesn't work out, regardless if they win two games or six or seven games. One thing I want to clean up, by the way, uh, off the Minshew topic, we were talking earlier about 50-year options. I don't know. I've had it stuck in my mind that because 2021 will be the option years for these guys, that it was going according to the new CBA. Uh, clarification here, uh, correction, if you will, that uh, these 
option guys are really based off the 2011 CBA. So all that stuff is not guaranteed. It's really just an injury risk, which also leads to even more reason why the it just shows you how the Jags feel about a guy like Fournette. Mm-hmm. Well, if we did the numbers, it would be like $8.5 million for Fournette, which would put him in the top 10 of running backs. It's not saying he's the highest paid guy. In fact, if you look at McCaffrey, he's getting paid double that. So why wouldn't the Jags ride with a guy even another year or at least risk that to do that and get more value out of your top five pick? shows you how they feel about him, that they're not picking it up because there is a difference between this year and and next year when you start picking up those options in terms of the language, all of it becomes guaranteed, not just an injury guarantee. Yeah. And it's a lot less beneficial to the organization when it starts next year. Uh, so that's my bad. I thought it was because it was a 2021 thing. I thought that new CBA would be in coordination with that. Uh, I was just reading up on that a little bit ago, and it's not. So um, it just shows you all these people passing up just really don't like their players enough to be giving them a, a second-year deal are you kind or of a second su- deal. Are you surprised that the fifth-year option was is still kind of a thing? I mean, even after the new CBA? Because, listen, like me having to sit through Luke Bryan in the NFL draft, that's one thing for the CBA that I'm mad about. But having a fifth-year option still, to me, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, uh, I was surprised that it's still, but it, it, it certainly swung in the players' favor. It did. Now. But, no, it did. But to be fair, though, owners out there or GMs or whoever, they'll always exercise that fifth option as opposed to giving them a brand new contract for a long term kind of thing. They would, but they, a lot of them get ripped up, just buys them a little extra time. And again, Sometimes the only danger go before this new CBA was if a guy gets hurt. That's the only danger. So with a guy like Fournette, who's had a little bit of a history, there is a danger there. But that's the only danger. And I'm not – listen, a lot of guys get hurt. but they have to to not be able to pass a physical like in March. We're not talking about if a guy gets hurt and misses two games. I mean, we're talking about he's got to be pretty severely hurt to to when you go into that next league year. Well, that's totally different now. So I think you'll see less and less of it. I think what happens, guys will pick up the fifth-year option for players that – they feel like they are going to sign to a new contract, it buys them extra time to work out a deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I think it's a lot, it will be a lot like the franchise tag in that regard. I hear you. Uh, and But once again, I just, like you said, the injury standpoint, if it all takes one injury and that player kind of gets screwed over a little bit. So, like I said, I'm just I'm a little surprised that the fifth-year option is still a thing in the NFL. Now, yes, the pay scale went up, and that's fantastic, but I'm just surprised because you're not awarding guys for being the best of their positions. You're, you're not awarding guys for the work that they put in in college where they're a first-round pick. It's actually almost a detriment, in my opinion. Yeah. Hey, uh, Kuz, uh, you ready for this uh, little segment here with the quarterbacks? Yeah. All right. We're going to switch topics here. We're going to show you a screen as well on the screen. If you watch any of the video feeds, you can also see it on our social media channels. Um, we're going to put up all the quarterbacks in the divisions. Mm-hmm. By the way, we'll give away a $50 gift uh, card to Metro Diner in just a little bit, but we'll let Kuz take care of this first. And all the quarterbacks in all the divisions – now, listen, I put Tua in instead of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay. And it, you, honestly, Tua might not play Yeah. Uh, this year, but I'm going to ride with him in that division as the name guy. Same with Herbert over Taylor, even though if you want to sub him out, that's fine. Uh, but there, the, I think those are the only two that really probably factor in. So we listed all the quarterbacks, all the divisions. Which division are you riding with for this year in 2020 of quarterbacks? If you could, take a, if you could own a division. And then which division are you riding with for the next handful of years? So one in the immediate, one long-term, and which divisions have the best QBs? So that often means where's all the competition going to be? Where are the, the, the big winners coming out of? Where are the 
Super Bowl champions may be coming out of. There are some fantastic quarterback divisions in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Now, some of them are old guys like Breeze and Brady in the NFC South. Uh, but there's also a lot of promise in some of them, too. Uh, maybe the AFC North comes to mind. Uh, if you believe in Baker Mayfield, if you believe in Joe Burrow, and obviously Lamar Jackson, Roethlisberger would be the outlier there. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of likable talent in the AFC North. So two-part uh, answer for you, and that is who you're riding with right now, who you're riding with uh, long-term. What jumps out at you when you look at uh, the quarterbacks in all the divisions? Um, what jumps out at me? Well, usually what you're working with here is each division, you probably got two quarterbacks that seem pretty legit that you could, uh, win some games with. You have two quarterbacks you're kind of fringe on. And that's either because they're rookies or it's because, you know, they haven't really played up to, you know, the, the team's best abilities, I guess. If we're talking about which team do I think right now has the best, you know, quarterbacks, what division um, is that quarterback class? I think the NFC South is probably the obvious answer. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Matt, uh, Matt Ryan, you know, I mean, he's okay. Listen, it's the NFC South, in my opinion, okay? Because Drew Brees, top three quarterback right now. Um, Tom Brady, he's got a lot of weapons. I, I think you take any quarterback right now with that offense, not named Jameis Winston. And then with Matt Ryan, you know, he's been dependable. He's got weapons himself. Julio Jones is still doing the thing. So short term, I'm taking the NFC South because I have the Saints going to the Super Bowl, obviously. Um, long term, give me the NFC West. Now I'm putting a lot of stake into Kyler Murray. I'm putting a lot of stake into Kingsbury. But I like how they're treating Murray, right? I like how they're giving him weapons. I like Kenyon Drake going forward in the running game. So I like the Cardinals a lot. Obviously, San Fran, I mean, you don't need to say anything about them. They've been proven. Russell Wilson, obviously, MVP talks last year, so you like that. And then, you know, McVay. The, 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 the Kind of the outlier right now is McVay five years from now. Where Did he get figured out by the Patriots defense in, in the Super Bowl and have other teams adjusted, or can McVay kind of use his offensive prowess a little bit and come up with something new? I think he can. So with that being said, I'm going to roll with the NFC West for years to come with the best quarterback play. Ah, very good. Uh, that is a, that, Those are a lot of ifs, too, because Kyla Murray and Goff, I think, are big ifs. And even Jimmy G. I mean, did he – listen, he got him there and made some big mm-hmm. plays, but he also was – you never really felt like, wow, here's Jimmy. You know, Lamar Jackson and Baltimore have a really good team. Sure. But there was a lot of times last year you felt like, wow, that's Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. You didn't really do that with San Francisco. Like, wow, that's Jimmy G, man. No, that's why sure. they invest. That's why they paid him that. It's so I, I would say there's still a lot of ifs uh, in that regard. Uh, it's funny is most people right now would peg who as the best quarterback in the league? Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes. Well, they got the more more ifs than anybody. In that division. In that division. Correct. Is Locke a long-term answer? Was Herbert draft overdrafted? I think you could make the case. Uh, and Derek Carr, heck, his own coach seems like he wants to get rid of him every three weeks. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of the <laughs> national perspective, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, the AFC East, tough one to buy into, right? Jared Stidham's not the long-term play in, in Patriot land. Most people would agree. Now, listen. Yeah. Like I said, I've compared Patriots this year and their outlook a lot to the Jags. Most people would say Gardner Mitchell's not the long-term well, play. Yeah, that's a good point. And we also have a bet who's going to win more games, Patriots or Jaguars. Can't yeah. wait to cash in on that one. Yeah, that doesn't look as outlandish anymore, though, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, so there's two, if you believe in them. Sam Darnold, I think, has some believers and, and of course, detractors as well. And Josh Allen is starting to I climb like the Allen. list a little bit. Mm-hmm. So Stidham could be, like, if you ask this question next year, Stidham coming off a decent year, or did they draft the quarterback and you like who they drafted? You know, mm-hmm. so it really could change 
year by year. I, mean, I think we all would agree the NFC South is is the one to take right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got two of the top three quarterbacks statistically all time yeah. <laughs> in that division. And Matt Ryan, really one of the most underrated guys in the NFL, probably. If you look well, at he's his a numbers, former MVP as well. That's what I'm, but yeah. no, people don't even they don't associate him with that. Mm-hmm. You know, Aaron Rodgers went won one Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and do you know how many times won MVP? Is it a Ooh, I think twice or three times. Let me check that out quick. Yeah, check that out. But it's interesting. Like, obviously he won, but Matt Ryan was in position to win and, and went to a Super Bowl loss and has an MVP. You just don't even put them even in the, re- the same zip codes. Yeah. And though, though their resumes, are they really that different? Aaron Rodgers has won the MVP twice. Twice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not Listen, I'm not telling you that Matt Ryan's better than Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is better. Thank you for not thank you for not doing that. But Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Matt Ryan feels to me like he fits more in like the Joe Flacco mold to people from a perception standpoint. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, we can debate all the time if he's elite, but he's really not. Yeah. Um... <sighs> Yeah, that's a good point. You know, he goes, I mean, one could argue how much that Super Bowl hurt him, right? I mean, like, if he wins that Super Bowl, that kind of cements his legacy. It, it would, yeah. You know, it, it, would, it, it would put him in a different notch, right? Exactly. Um, I will say this a little about Matt Ryan, and, and it's nothing against Matt Ryan, but if there was any player when I was practicing on an opposing team that I wanted to smack in the face, um, it was Matt Ryan. Really? Because, yeah, because, uh, cause, you know, we used to always um, – practice against the Falcons every single year was like a thing where we traveled to Atlanta or they would come to Jacksonville and it was the year that we came to or they came to Jacksonville so it must have been 2012 I believe um and the Falcons are here and Matt Ryan obviously the quarterback and I remember we're going through like we're going through like it's, it's like a scrimmage, right? But the, we we have a game coming up with them in a couple of days, so we're not going all out. Like, yes, you go a little more because it's a new opponent. You want to put bad film out there against someone that's not on your team, so there is a little incentive to go harder. But like, you can't sack Matt Ryan. Like, you can't touch Matt Ryan during the scrimmage, obviously on the field. Well, I remember like Matt Ryan's driving his team down, and like a couple times, um, I think what happened, John Chick, whoever it was, like Chick got through. And, like, could have sacked Matt Ryan. But, obviously, you can't do that because it's practice. <laughs> Matt Ryan completes a pass for a touchdown and, like, goes absolutely ballistic. He's like, you effing better believe it. That's how we do things in Atlanta. And I'm just thinking, like, oh, man. First of all, like, don't stop screaming, okay? It's, 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 I get it. You're excited. You guys won the scrimmage. or they, they, they won the drill. Congratulations. You still got sacked, though, and everything. But, like... The fire and intensity, it just ticked me off so much because, number one, A, we lost that scrimmage. But number two, like, dude, you were down. So why are you trying to rub it in our faces when you know dang well you would have been sacked? Oh, man, that's so awesome. So I've lost all respect for Matt Ryan since then. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. That's, uh, I wonder how He's many so stories cool, are like that because I wouldn't assume that would be the guy you would have been talking dude, about. If you said fill in the blank on quarterback, you, I wouldn't have filled the blank you, in with that. You want to talk about just the mind, like the, the mental gymnastics that occur when you have like a – you know, you, you practice with another team from a different, you know, league or whatever. Like, it's just, it's hard, man. Because, yeah. like, you want to go hard, but you can't set the quarterback. You want to go hard, but you don't want to be, you know, an a-hole. It's just, there's a lot that transpires, bro, that you don't see on that football field when you're practicing with another team. That's why a lot of guys don't like it. I mean, yeah. Especially the veterans, they don't like it. It's horrible. Hey, uh, make mom's morning and night with deliciously good, ready-to-heat brunch, lunch, and dinner meals. Like a meat lover's casserole, roasted turkey, or pot roast that gets... 
that guests can pre-order all the way until this Friday, May 8th. Pick up Friday, Saturday, or Sunday just in time for Mother's Day. And right now here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, courtesy of Metro Diner, we are going to give away a $50 gift card. Let's call it, well, caller number 4, 904-362-9901. It is May 4th. I'm not a Star Wars fan. I am, but I but don't it celebrate is May this 4th. day. Yeah. Uh, so 904 gift card to Metro Diner. You can do that right now. When we come back, more quarterback conversation. My picks for the best now and in the future, and also, well, who's got the worst division? Next on ESPN 690. Celebrate Mother's Day with your neighborhood Metro Diner. Listen to Action Sports Jacks all week for your chance to win a $50 Metro Diner gift card so you can celebrate mom with deliciously good ready-to-heat brunch, lunch, and dinner meals like a meat lover's casserole, roasted turkey, or pot roast all week at 4.30 p.m. on ESPN 690. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.